Blessed one, welcome to Inspiring Word, a life-transforming encounter with the Word of God with Bishop Steve Asari. Bishop Steve Asari is the resident pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, the Way Cathedral. Lighthouse Chapel International is part of the United Denomination, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Bishop Steve has a unique teaching gift and ministers powerfully under the anointing. Join us now on Inspiring Word with Bishop Steve O. Asari. Hallelujah. We give you glory this morning, O God, for all your goodness, for your mercy, and for your love. What a faithful God we serve. What a good God we serve. We thank you. We have come this morning to say thank you because what we are, what we have, where you have brought us is all your grace and all your mercy, Lord. We look up and we say glory be to God. Thank you in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, speak to us, teach us, and let the will of the Father be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. How do I say thanks? I say thanks by serving God. You can say thank you to God by giving your heart to him and your life to him and your strength to him and becoming a servant of God. Is it not a normal move? It's a normal move. Even that somebody has done something very great for you and you want to serve the person, you want to help the person, you want to work for the person and you want to be there for the person always. It works. But that is exactly what we, how we are responding to God. That if you look at God and you look at all the goodness of God and the greatness of God in your life, you want to say thank you to God by being a servant of God. Because God gives us the opportunity to serve him. God gives us the opportunity to know him. God gives us the opportunity to do something for him. And everyone that is a Christian has the opportunity to do something for their God. You can serve God in your own way, not in your own way. I mean, according to how God wants you to serve him, but to the extent that you can serve him. And I don't think that there's anybody who will say, for me, there is nothing I can do. You can also do something for God. Say amen. Amen. So I am um, sharing on, it's a great thing to serve the Lord because all things shall be added unto you. And um, I'm saying that last week we had a good um, exposition on this, but we are on the same thing today. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought of your life, what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? 
Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into bands. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Get this scripture into your spirit very well, because this scripture is giving us an assurance of God's provision for your life. All things shall be added unto you. Say amen. It's an assurance of God's provision for your life. And it's comparing you to um, what we are reading here is what? Um, the fowls of the air, the birds that are nicely clothed and come up with different colors and very nice. We enjoy watching them. I know somebody who did in his balcony a place for birds to come and drink water. So then he's inside the room and he's watching birds as they come and go. Beautiful, isn't it? You should do some for your house. Now, he says that if these birds nicely clothed, then why won't God clothe you even better? Are you not more valuable than the bed? How many think you are more valuable than the bed? Why do you think you are more valuable than the bed? We eat the meat of the bed. Yeah, you are more valuable because the things you could, God has created you to do things that the birds cannot do. They are nowhere near that. But God has put in you an ability to relate with him as God. An ability to worship him as God. Of course, maybe the birds also worship in a certain way. But it is not, I don't think if that was enough, God will even want us. Because they are more spontaneous and more natural. They don't have a lot of problems. We come to worship God when you lift your hand like this and they look at your hand. It's all evil in the hand. But I don't think that when the birds lift their wings like that, God will see evil inside. Even if they went to eat another bed, that's their meal. I watch wildlife and I scream. And I'm always supporting the deer and the, the hunted. The what? The prey. That these guys should never get them. And I would scream and say no. Then one day somebody asked me, so if they don't get the prey, what should they eat? And I thought about it. And I realized that that's their food. God made them and put them in the wild and then give them food in the form of all these other animals. And their job is just go and hunt and eat. It's just like a fisherman goes to sea and he says that you love the fish in the sea so much that you shouldn't catch anything. What will you eat? When you are eating the fish, you don't think that is somebody's life. And the goat. Somebody's mother. Yes. They have taken her away from the children and brought to you and you are eating. Say, ah, a punching cry, cry, you're fine. Pa. Somebody's father, especially the male ones with the best thing in the head, it gives a certain flavor to the soup as well. And you are enjoying it. So that's how it is. That's how life 
is. But God made us. You see, when God made man in Genesis um, chapter 1, he said, I have given unto you all the animals that walk on the face of the earth and all the fowls of the air and everything that creepeth upon the, the earth, I've given it to you. So they are nowhere near us. They have been given for our life, for our enjoyment, and for us to live and to do well. But you are far more valuable. If God is able to clothe the beds of the air, how much more will he not do greater things for you? He will do greater things for you. Say amen. And why take thought for your raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Have you considered the lilies of the, the beds? You, just, you don't know different beds, so just talk about beds. Do they go to work in the morning? Do they write application for jobs? Do they attend interviews? Do they lose their jobs sometimes? But it said that they are always well clothed and they always have food to eat. They are not hungry. Always they get something to eat. Oh, I tell you. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Who are the people of little faith? Oh, not necessarily you, but among you, or among us. But who are the people of little faith? The people who are always thinking about what to eat, what to wear, uh, how to sleep. Uh, He said, ye of little, they are described as people of little faith. Am I not reading the Bible? Am I not reading? I mean, I'm sitting and saying, hey, you, you have got something to wear and you are okay. So you are calling us little faith. I'm only reading the Bible to you. And the Bible is not saying that you don't need clothes to wear, or you don't need food to eat, or you don't need a place to stay, or you don't need anything. That's not what the Bible is saying. But what the Bible is saying is that this is not the major thing that occupies your mind and your thought and your attention as we read on, because you know that you have a God who is able to provide these things for you. That's what we are reading. That's what the scripture is about. Therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. So we have seen two things. Number one is that the faithless people, this is the main thing that occupies their mind. Look your neighbor's face and see whether he's one of the faithless people. Whether they are thinking of what to eat, what to drink, what to wear. 
I mean, today, by the grace of God, people have so much to wear. The, the problem they have is which one to wear. Is that not so? Yes, but you are like that. There are others who are thinking of what to wear. Uh, you are thinking of which one to wear. I have so much, I don't know which one. And then the second, this is that he said, the Gentiles, the unbelievers, this is what they think about all the time. So if you say you are a believer and this is what you are thinking about all the time, then maybe you are a Gentile, you are an unbeliever. So this is the work of the unbelievers, the thought of the unbelievers, the, 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 the burden of the unbelievers is what shall we eat, what shall we drink, but not the believers. Mm. Because the believers, your heavenly father knoweth that ye have need of these things. I love this very much. Your father knows that you need these things. You are not even the one going to tell him that you need food to eat. Your father knows that you need food to eat. Your father knows that you need raiment to wear. Your father knows that you need a place to, see, to sleep. Your heavenly father knows that you need these things. And he will provide them. Say amen. He will provide them. You know, I look at this even in terms of our children. Maybe my children. I know this guy is going to school. It's time to pay his school fees. They understand. Whose school fees? His school fees. Now how to come up and say that the fee is this much and maybe this is how to pay. It can be a fight. They understand fight. I'm ready to pay. He's not ready to come up and say what it is and get it done. It's a big problem. It can be an issue between us for some time. Now they have different methods of paying, you know, this, this, that, and so. So which one? Are you doing this or this? Or, it's also another problem. If I was the Heavenly Father, I know that he has need to pay his school fees. But how he will come and get the money or go and go and just get the thing done, that's the problem. May your heavenly father be chasing you about the things that you need and the things that must be done for you and, and be surprised that you are not ready. Your heavenly father is surprised that you, mom, you are not ready. So, then, the all-important scripture, the master key, verse 33, but seek ye first. So, instead of thinking about these things and worrying about these things and be so much concerned about what to eat and what to wear and all those things that the Gentiles are thinking about, this is the master key to prosperity as a servant of God that God himself is giving you. The master key is what? But seek ye first. Are you reading with me? Ready? Let's go. Ready? Go. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness 
And all these things shall be added unto you. Never forget this. So he says that people are chasing, people want, people are fighting, people are doing everything to get food to eat or to get close to where, or to get anything. And your heavenly father knows that you have need of these things. Your heavenly father knows that you need these things. But what the heavenly father is looking for from you is to seek him first. Seek the Lord first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Make yourself a servant of God. You'll be seeking first the kingdom or the things of God. Is that not so? A servant is looking for to serve his master. What his master needs is the first thing that he's looking for to do. Is the first thing, the main thing. A servant does not seek for his own. A servant is not there looking at how to do this business and how to make this money and how to get this thing for myself. A servant is there to do the will of the master and he is always occupied by accomplishing the master's will. If you are a servant of God, you always be thinking about God and you always be thinking about how to accomplish the will of God or what God wants to be done, how to accomplish it. That's what you'll be looking for. That's a servant. A servant of God is not somebody who goes to church on Sundays and after that does not remember God anymore. But a servant of God is somebody who has the, the needs, if you like, of God, the priorities of God, the commands of God, the word of God on his mind as the first thing to do and to fulfill before he even looks at his own. But the converse, if you don't seek God first, then you are seeking your own first. Why are you quiet? You don't think what I'm saying is true? If you hire somebody to work for you, and the person is there, maybe even in your office, the person is to work for you. Every time you go, he's on phone talking about his other business that he's doing with another person and how uh, somebody is to supply something. Then he said, boss, I have to go out and come quickly because um, the guy bringing the goods, he has arrived at uh, Temaport and I have to come and meet him and clear the things and I'll be back. You say I should do this later. When I come back, I'll do it. Don't worry. Would you like such a person? Oh, he's in your house. I'm supposed to cook food for you to eat, and then um, he's chasing after uh, some farm that he has in Ansawam. And then he moves in and moves out, and you don't know where the person is. What the pe- is that not how we treat God? We say we are serving God, but we are mainly occupied by the things that concern us. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first. First of all is the kingdom. First of all is God. First of all is the things of God. First of all is what concerns God. First of all is what is about God. Then these other things, they will now be added to you. 
But the kingdom is what you must seek. When you seek God, God will give these things. They will be added. Added means that they come as bonus. Wow. So seeking the Lord first is the master key in Matthew 6.33. It is your master key to prosperity. Being a servant of someone is to seek to serve his interests and not your own. Seeking God's kingdom and God's righteousness is the same as serving God. You must seek to become a servant of God. Therefore, you must seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Matthew 6.33 is the master secret to your prosperity. In this life, uh, to your prosperity in this life, the secret to all things that people are seeking for is to seek God first. What do you want in life? There is nothing that is impossible for you to have. There's nothing impossible to obtain. There's nothing that cannot be given to you. But the master key we are receiving today is that to arrive at the things you are looking for, you have to seek God first. And remember also that there are things in this life that we need. Actually, the, the most essential things we need, we cannot get them by chasing them. Do you know that? Like what? Like what? Money. Or you can chase money. Like what? Like health. You can chase health. You can go to the gym. The people have died in the gym. Exactly so. Like when they were chasing life so that I would not die. I'm going to the gym and I'm doing Whilst in the act of securing good health for themselves, then they die in it. Yes, health, life, you can't, you can't chase, you can't even pay for it. The air you breathe, you can't pay, you can't pay for your life. When your life is slipping away and it's leaving you, you can have 20 doctors. By your side, and you still can they, they still can't command life to come back to you. I was with a doctor, and he had a patient, or we had a patient who was dying. I'm, I'm not a doctor. But as I went and I saw the vessel this thing, and I called him aside, and I said, hey, so what is this? I don't even know why it's like that. That's all. Yes, the doctor. I don't know why the thing is like this. And I thought to myself that, look, you said, that, oh, I have a doctor, I'll see my doctor, my doctor. They said that. At a point, they said that they don't know why you are behaving the way you are behaving. They don't know why life is leaving you. 
And there's, what does it mean? I mean? There's nothing I can do about this situation. I can just watch it happen. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things, the things you can afford, the things you can do, the things you can't afford, the things you cannot do, the things that are around which are important, the things that, look, no matter how much money you, ha- you have, you cannot secure for yourself. Hey, look at people who died, like these Steve Jobs and Michael Jacksons and things that we are staying on this earth with them. Then one day you hear that they are dead. You can see, and these are the billionaires of the earth. Then you ask yourself, is it all about money? No, it's not all about money because money cannot secure life for you. But when you see God first, all these things, say all these things, shout it all these things, shout it all these things, shout it all these things, they shall be added unto you. Seeking God first and thinking about God first. And being interested in the things of God, first of all, before you get carried away by other things, then these things, they shall be added unto you. Say amen. Amen. Number two, seeking uh, the Lord first was the master key to King Uzziah. King Uzziah. Now, this is a king who lived and served God and sought God first. There's a scripture we normally use in Acts, um, Isaiah chapter 5. You know, before that time, Isaiah had started his ministry and he was preaching and he was wooing everybody. Woe to the people who say good is evil and evil is good. Woe to them that do this. Woe to them that do this. Woe to the sinners and so on. And then in chapter 5, he said that in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up and the train of his garment filled the temple. And then after he had seen the Lord, he came and said that, woe is me. I'm a dead man because my eyes have seen the Lord and I am unclean because I come from a people of unclean lips. That's the man. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Let's read the scripture. Do you want to read the scripture? Um, Second Chronicles 26. Second Chronicles 26. Right. All right. In verse 1, it says that then all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was 16 years old, and made him king in the room of his father, Amaziah. And he built a lot, verse 3. 16 years old was he when he began to reign. He reigned for 42 years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Jecola of Jerusalem. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah did. Verse 5, 
is the verse you have to look at very carefully and go and meditate on these things. And he said that, and he saw God in the days of Zechariah. Uzziah, the king, sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. As long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. As long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. Prosper. This is also seeking first the kingdom of God. And a good example of that, isn't it? That if you read the book of Chronicles, especially Second Chronicles, it deals a lot with the kings of Judah. Um, and you see different kings that would come on and different behaviors. Now, when you read it from our point of view, you are surprised at the behavior of the kings because you will see that obviously some of them did very well and some too failed woefully. And the difference was always the same. Are you listening to me? The difference or the reason why some failed woefully and some did so well was only one. Those who sought God and served God and those who didn't seek God and didn't serve. That, that's the difference. Every time, that's why when they introduce a king, one of the things they will give in the resume of the person's life is that he served God or he sought God, or he did what was right. Because the difference was between doing what is right and doing what is wrong. Then one is a very successful person, and one is a complete failure. If you look at King David, very successful. Why? Because he did what was right. Somebody will say that, but he went to sleep with somebody's wife and killed the person. It's one of the errors of his life. And God recognized it. The summary of his life, he said that he did well. He did what was right. Always did the right thing in the sight of God, except in the uh, issue of Bathsheba and Uriah. So God recognized it. But God didn't kill him because of that. Do you understand? God was killing people and making people go into captivity, making their enemies rule over them, more because they brought in or allowed the worship of other gods. That was more of a sin and a great uh, uh, um, iniquity before God. Did I say that you can go and sleep with somebody's wife? No, I didn't say so. Is that what you heard? That when you went to church, they said it's not a grievous sin. So, <laughs> no, no, that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that it was worshiping God or worshiping idols. That's the difference. That if you take somebody like Ahab, was he a good king or a bad king? Ahab, hey, 
Oh, you don't know Ahab? You don't read your Bible, eh? I mean, there are some names that when you hear, no, it's synonymous with evil. Like Ahab. Ahab did different things with the help of his wife. Ahab's wife was who? Uh-huh. You know Jezebel more than Ahab. Yes. <laughs> She's more popular. Yes. Than the king himself. Because she was the person ruling. Now, people say that there may be a president and there are other people who are ruling. Maybe this one was also like that. This Ahab was the president, but his wife was ruling. And he did evil things. Kill somebody, take the vineyard from him, and all that. But the main thing that brought him down was the worship of Baal. And the worship of other idols. Because that's the key thing that God didn't want at the place. So this guy was great. And his greatness is in Second Chronicles chapter 26 verse 5. Which says what? And what? He sought God in the days of Zechariah. Who had understanding in the visions of God. Colon. So further explanation of his life is coming. And what is the explanation? What's the result of that? And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. As long as you seek God, he will make you prosper. As long as you seek God, he will make you prosper. Are you different from the people in the Bible? Should we make you a different person for the people in the Bible? This is what is in the Bible. This is what we are reading. This is what we are being taught. That this is how this guy prospered. This is how he became wealthy. Why do you think your story should be different? As you seek God, God will make you prosper. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And God will make you prosper. It will be well with you. Prosper means that you have money. Prosper means that you don't lack any good thing. Prosper means that you be healthy. Prosper means that you have houses. Prosper means that it will be well with you. And don't just try to mystify anything. Prosper means that you have a good life. When you seek God first, he will make you have a good life. That's the scripture. And I want you to believe it. He was trained by his pastor and his teacher, Zachariah. Read the rest. No, no, read the rest of the verse. Or Ubo now kind. Read, it's in your Bible. He was a loyal seeker of God. Well trained by his pastor and teacher, Zachariah. Very good. As long as Zachariah was there leading him, Uzziah led a godly life and God prospered him. God prospered him. And it's not easy to, to live a certain kind of life also. And you see, he, he had a Zachariah. 
Ask your neighbor, who is your Zachariah? He said, who? Methuselah. Who is your Zachariah? There's somebody, you see, that, that's what, how life, there's somebody you are looking up to. There's somebody who is helping you. There's somebody who is teaching you. There's somebody you ask questions from. And there's somebody who can explain the thing to you. There's somebody who can tell you that it's better to go this way than this way. There's somebody who can tell you, no, stop this. Don't do it. It will not help you. There's somebody who say that, look, Take this decision. It will help you on the way. If you don't have anybody like that, you don't have a Zachariah in your life. Yeah. And if you don't have a Zachariah in your life, your life is in danger. Oh, yes. You have danger looming because you are about to take decisions that will destroy your life. Now, how did he prosper? Who? He did various things. Mercy. Read on as my notes are lost. Verse 6. He went forth and warred against the Philistines and break down the wall of Gath and the wall of Jabne and the wall of... He was a conqueror. Is that not so? Uh-huh. So as long as he sought the Lord, he prospered. As long as you seek God, you are working for God, you are thinking about God, you are doing something for God, it is the main thing about your heart and your mind, you will prosper. I said you will prosper. I said you will prosper. You will prosper. God will make you prosper. As long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. So remember that even prosperity is God who will give it to you. It's God who will make it. Verse 8. And the Ammonite gave gift to Uzziah and his name spread abroad. So verse 8 had some very important three key things that happened over there. Ammonite gave gift to Uzziah. His name spread abroad even to the entering in of Egypt. For he strengthened himself exceedingly. So number one is that as he sought the Lord. You see, if you read Chronicles or the books of the kings, you'll find out that one of the ways they prospered was also receiving gifts from people. If you take... Um, uh, Solomon, who was building the temple, somebody provided all the wood that he needed and shipped the thing and brought to him. That look, your father was a good man. As you are building, this is it. Oh, yes. God will send people to bring good things into your life because that is what happened to Uzziah and it will happen to you. And he said that his name spread abroad, he had a good name. He had a good name, and he became famous. People knew him. He had a good name. God will give you a name. Bible says that a good name is better than riches. God will give you a good name, and that name will be known. You don't have to force it, and you, 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 you don't have to engineer it, but it will come to pass. 
You'll be walking around here somewhere and somebody is fighting for you in another place because when he went, people were saying bad things about you. And then the man stood there and bought his shirt, said, this person is the one you are talking about like that. I, 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 I wouldn't agree. And they are fighting for you. You don't have no idea about it. That's what was happening to Isaiah. Then the third thing in this verse is that he strengthened himself. He became very strong in his position. Sometimes God gives you a place and you have to be strong in your position. You have to be strong in the place that God has given you. If you're a president of a country, you have to be strong as a president so that people don't come and approach you one day. Is that not so? If you're a leader in any situation, you have to be strong as a leader so people don't just push you aside and take you for granted. If you make yourself too strong, it's like you are rotting it over them and so on. Okay, you make yourself weak. If you are a weak leader, you can't lead anybody. People will not take you serious. They will not, they will not even listen to what you say. He strengthened himself. Uzziah built towers in the desert. Um, Uzziah saw the Lord and he had a host of fighting men. Moreover, Uzziah had a host of fighting men that went out to war by bands, according to the number of their accounts by the hand of Jael, the scribe, and Maziah, the ruler, under the hand of Hananiah, one of the king's captains. The whole number of the chief of the fathers of the mighty men of valor were 2,600. So these are like the generals of the army. And under their hand was an army, 300,000 and 7,500. That made war with mighty power to help the king against the enemy. 307,500 man army. Do you know 300,000? Yeah, that was his army. I don't know what the army of Ghana is. And the leaders were the 2,600 generals. And then they had 307,000 people. And that when you see God, God will give you people to help you. And God will give you people to serve you. And God will give you people to fight for you. And God will give you good people to work for you. When you seek God, God will seek the things that concern your life. He invented engines. Let me finish here. And I like the last scripture, verse 15. Look at verse 15. And he made in Jerusalem um, engines invented by cunning men. To be on the towers and upon the bulwarks to shoot arrows and great stones withal. So when 
it is war. Instead of human beings standing there and throwing stones or rolling stones or shooting arrows, he had engines. He installed the latest military technology. Yes, because that time, all these things were non-existent. But as he sought God and he served God, God gave him so much wisdom into the things that he was doing that he was able to do so. He, he, he excelled above everybody. As you see God in your own business, God will give you the wisdom and the leading above all the people who are in the same thing with you. You have engines. You do engines to throw stones. And engines to fire whatever. I mean, if he was around right now, he would have quenched this uh, Russia war that (laughs) is disturbing all of us because he had the ability to do it. We are talking about ancient olden days. I mean, when there was nothing. And this is what they are able to do. You do greater things. As you serve God, God will make you do greater things. God will give you ideas. And God will give you the how-to. That when you implement the how-tos, you find out that you are far above your contemporaries and the people who are around. Because in the days of throwing stones, you have engines that are working. Yeah. And the last part of it is that um, arose great stones with us. And his name spread far abroad, for he was marvelously helped till he was strong. When you are a servant of God, you receive marvelous help. How many need help in your life? You not just get help, but you get marvelous help. How many want marvelous help or ordinary help? I see God giving you marvelous help, bringing people that will help you, bringing people that will push your life forward. As you serve God and you make God first in your life, he will bring people that will help you in whatever you do. They will be there. One is on your right hand, one is on your left hand, and one is behind. And people are around you waiting for your command, waiting for your bidding. And they are ready to move and to do things to help you. So your life moves on and your life gets better. Marvelous help. Marvelous help. Marvelous help, marvelous help, marvelous help, marvelous help. And every area you need help. As a pastor, I always need help. And God has always provided me with people. People that, because you can't do, you can't do everything. And a lot of things you can't do. Sometimes you just shout, but you can't do the work. Do you know that? You hear me talking about this sound people hear, the sound they said that. If you put me behind there, I can't do it. <laughs> I just know how to shout. Yes, I know what I want. But if there's nobody to do, and I must provide what I want. Like if your wife is not there and you, know, you don't know how to cook, you are left in the house. 
you know what you want, what you eat on Monday morning, Monday after Monday. Now eat it and let's see. That's how it is. But you need help. Yes. God has given me help. Good helpers. The pastors in this church, they are very good helpers. They are always moving, getting things done, pushing things. Let's do this. Let's do that. Look, we sit down and I remember one time we had a meeting and the meeting ended early. Then it's like, ah, what is wrong? Is there a problem? Because when we sit, we are sitting and we are there till tomorrow. You come here early hours of Monday, you'll find us and you wonder, what are they doing? We are thinking about church, work, this, that, and if there were some kind of people say, look, don't you know that we have to go to work tomorrow? Uh, you, because you don't work. Because <laughs> you don't work, so you think everybody doesn't work. And this, da, 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 da. No, 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 no. Marvelous help. You will receive marvelous help. You will receive marvelous help. In your business, God will give you people who will not steal your money. The most dangerous thing is to employ a thief in your business. It shall not happen to you. Hey! Walk or talk taxi. Would they share obinsas on on drive amount? Skaka kre umno or de venam. I tell you. I used to stay with a taxi driver in my house at the other side. I mean, this guy. As for him there, I don't know what he was eating, but girls. Once he's on the road, the girls are on the road. Yes. His room was this way. Every time, there's somebody in there. There's somebody in there. And I remember, when sometimes you see him, he's sitting down coolly. Oh, now, so and so, Adam, why are you here today? Can I say you? Can I say you? Because all that is eating and enjoying is at the expense of the car owner. So the day the car is not there, then there's a big problem for him. Big, big one. He will be more bored sitting there. You have to even give him something so that he'll get food to eat. You will not employ a thief. Come on. You marry somebody who will help you in this life. Because you are a servant of God, you will not go and meet a person who will destroy your life. But you meet somebody who will give you marvelous help. I said marvelous help. I said marvelous help. I said marvelous help. Because you made God first in your life, you will send people to bring you marvelous help in this life. I tell you, they'll be there. This man, do you think he was the engineer on the engines. No. I don't think he knew anything about what was going on to a certain extent. They will come and tell him, we, we can do this, this, this. Hey, are you sure? Okay, let's do it. Then we have done this. And that. Let's go on. Then suddenly the thing is there. If you put him behind the machine or the, what is the engine, there's war. King. Come behind the angel say, what should I do? Where should I press? He doesn't know anything. But he received marvelous help. What you can't do for yourself, God will send people to come and do for you. And your life will go high, up high, up high, up high, up high, up high, 
up high, up high. Do you believe it? The Bible tells us that a servant is worthy of his wages. If you are a servant, you, you receive wages, you receive pay. Is that not so? Yeah. And it is yours to receive. Now, let me make this final point, our final comment. If you are a servant of God, it is in order to expect God to bless you and God to do great things in your life. Did you get that one? It's in order. I'm serving God. I'm working for God. I'm doing the things of God. I'm following the things of God. The first thing on my mind is to see God. The first thing is to see uh, first seeking first the kingdom of God. That's what I'm doing. What is the result? The result is that God will bless me. The result is that I expect God to bless me. So there's nothing wrong with having an expectation that God will bless you for what you are doing. Reverend Nick, there's nothing wrong with it. Oh, you there, you are just doing, and yes, it is true. You are not doing it that because I've come to church, I've preached today, and I've done this. So by the end of the day, God should bless me with um, um, how much crumb? Five thousand dollars or something like that. Five thousand is not bad, is it? I mean, for your exchange rate, it's big money. No, that's not it. But as I'm serving God, I have my eyes fixed on Him, that He is the one who will perfect the things that concern my life. He is the one who will see to the things about my life. That my eyes are on God. If God is my master, who else should come and pay me? What do you think? I'm working for God. I should go to Ministry of Finance for my pay. No. They don't know me. But God knows me. God knows me. And expect bless as you serve God from your heart. God will bless you. And God will help you. Marvelous help shall be your portion in Jesus' name. Arise. Our time is up. I fix my eyes on you, the author of my faith, casting aside every sin and every way. I fix my eyes on you, I lay my burdens down. Letting the curse of this world now fade away. Do you have it? Let's start again. I fix my eyes on you from the top. I fix my eyes on you. The altar of my faith. Casting aside every sin and every way. Sing it, everybody. I fix my eyes on you. I fix my eyes on you. Lay my burdens down. I lay my burdens Because he's able down. to take care of the burdens. Letting the cares of this world now fade away. Sing it one thing. One thing. One thing I love. This one thing I see. That I may dwell in your house, O Lord, my King. Oh, all the day.
The money you are looking for. I may dwell in your house, oh God, my King. Oh, all the days of my life, I want to gaze upon your beauty. Seek you in this home. Father, we thank you that we are your servant. Let everyone have the heart of a servant ready to place the need of their master first. Let the command of God, the call of God, the work of God be first in our lives to seek first the things of God, first the command of God, first what God wants to be done. And all these other things, all these other things, what the Gentiles seek for, what the birds don't work for and they have, all the things that our minds and our hearts crave for, all the things that bring so much pressure on us, thank you that as we seek you, these things are freely provided for us. They are added unto our lives. They are added unto our lives. They are not taken away from us. Seven God does not take good things away from us. But seven God makes us obtain the good things of God. Because they are added unto our lives. Father, cause us to seek you. And to look for you. For in you are all the hidden treasures. And the blessings of this life. We bless you Lord in Jesus name. Amen. Close your eyes. You are not born again. You have not given your life to Jesus. I want to give you an opportunity to surrender your life to Jesus. So that you will not go to hell, but you will go to heaven. If you are here today, you want to say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to give my life to Jesus. This is a great opportunity. This is a great door that is open for you to give your life to Jesus. If you are here like that, lift up your right hand. I need Jesus. I want Jesus into my to come into my heart. Lift up your right hand. I'm praying for salvation for you. Your right hand up. If your hand is lifted up, come to me in the front here because today is your day of salvation. I can't guarantee tomorrow for you, but I know that God is with you and God is calling you today. Come to Jesus. God bless you. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. My sister, your hand is up. I can see you. Come. Yes. Come to Jesus. Today is your day. Come to Jesus. Come. Yes. God bless you. Come. He's changing your life. 
and he's giving you a new kind of life a new kind of life a new kind of life is what you are receiving a new kind of life a life that is fit to go to heaven that's what jesus is giving you pray this prayer with me say lord jesus thank you for dying for me come into my heart today wash me with the blood make me a new person from today i will follow jesus i will serve jesus thank you for saving me amen god bless you god bless you for listening we invite you to join us this sunday our doxa service is at 7:45 a.m and victory service at 10 a.m our victory prayer service is on saturdays at 6 a.m like and subscribe to bishop steve asari dash dhmm on facebook and youtube and lighthouse chapel international dash hq may god bless you and protect you Angels cry,